So, in the scriptures, it says, for we have the living word of God. This is Hebrews 4.12. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. Energy, that sounds new age, amen. Well, power and energy mean the exact same thing. It's just a different word, okay? (laughs) So we have the living word of God. So who is the living word of God? Yeshua, right? Jesus, Yeshua, is the living word of God. So we have the living word of God. Who does? I do. Well, where is the living word of God? Apparently, the living word of God is in me. That's great. I'm glad to know that. I can rest. (laughs) Because the living word of God is in me. And you know what it it says in other places? That you can't separate yourself from him. It's not possible. You're stuck. You're like Siamese twins. You're just stuck right there. There he is, and there you are, right? So we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. Who needs energy? Who has energy? We do. Where is it? In us, and how does it come? It comes by the Spirit. Because we have, we have, say, I have, have. the living word of God. You have him in you, and it is, he is, not it, he is full of energy, which, you know, we always say power, but, you know, we're in the modern world, we say energy, because, you know, you've got your electric car, what does it need? Energy. Where is it coming from? Well, if it's electric, it's coming from a battery. How are you going to get more energy? You're going to have to plug it in and get some coal energy put into that electric battery. (laughs) So there you have it. Your coal-powered electric car is working great now that you have some energy, right? So we have energy, and it comes from above. (sighs) Just think about it. Think, you know, if you're saying to yourself, I feel weak, think about the energy that's coming from above. Think about, because that energy is limitless energy. There is no limit to the energy, to the power that is in you. The energy, again, to remind us all, that is in you right now, that energy that is in your physical body, physical body has energy inside of it that is so strong, it is so powerful that when your body is dead a thousand years and dust is in the ground, that power that is in your body right now will raise that physical body from the dead, transform it into a spiritual body, and you will never, ever die again. That's how powerful the energy in you is. And that's in you right now. Not in the future, right now. Because it doesn't say when you die, God's going to give you power and raise you from the dead. He said the power that is in you is resurrection power. It is so strong, it takes inanimate, lifeless objects and makes them alive. Wow. That's amazing. Imagine thinking about that for even five minutes a day, what that would do to your life. Thinking about that power that's in you, that limitless power or energy. You could drive your car, be like, my battery's dead. Put your hands on the wheels and you're like, what's happening? (laughs) The life of God is energizing even my car. You Listen, the sky's the limit. It's not really out, out there to think something like that. Jesus did it all the time. Physical bodies raised up 
from the dead? It was kind of his thing. You're just like him. Start with your own body. Start with your own body. Engage with the, the energy of God in you by meditation, by thinking on it, recollecting. Think about that energy in you. Don't see yourself as weak. See yourself as strong. Don't say I'm weak. Say I'm strong. Just agree with God. For we have the living word of God which is full of energy. I mean, just saying that, you can feel it. Full of energy. Raising up things. What is it? You know, so think about these things. Remember, if you think about, oh, I'm just weak, everything's weak, everything's falling apart. What did I just create? Everything's falling apart, everything's weak. I just created that by thinking about it and intending towards it. People are like, well, it's your confession. It's not, it's more than just a confession, it's just what you're intending to. When I reach for this cup and pick it up, I have an intention that starts here, then I do it. This part where I'm doing this, that's called intention. I'm about to pick it up, but I haven't. This is a really important thing. You do this all the time. You can do this in the spirit. Something you're reaching for, intending to grab, you're doing something in the spirit. That intention is, is what activates aspects of the energy of God within you. That intention does that. Yes, your words have something to do with it, but don't overemphasize words because here's what happens. When you're in like, if you do a lot of you know faith confessions and all this, people depend on their words. They're not depending on the, on the energy. Does that make sense? There's like, if there's so much of an emphasis on, oh, you can't say this, you can fake it. It's easy. You can fake it. You could just say whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amen, brother. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I can say it, right? Because you, you know, you know, you've know, you been in church a while. You know how to pretend, you know? I mean, not that everything's pretend, but if someone's putting pressure on you, you know, hey, what are you doing, this and that? Oh, well, I, I have a confession. Just don't stop bothering me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has their own little thing that they do. It's a defense mechanism. But the energy of God that's in us has nothing to do with what people think. Don't worry about what people think about you. Don't worry about it. Man's opinion is worthless when it comes to God. It really is. People will say, oh, well, if I do this and someone will think this and someone... If God is speaking to you, just do it. Who cares what they think? It's not... They don't know. You think people... You think Jesus was like, hey, disciples, do you think um, that I should walk on the water or do you think people will kind of think that's a little freaky? You think that they had that conversation? Of course they did it. Jesus is like, hey, it's me. I'm on the water. Oh my goodness, what's happening? Half the time, well, what if they misunderstand me, Jamie? You got to be careful. People aren't going to misunderstand you. Do you know that everybody misunderstood Jesus at one point? Literally everyone? <laughs> Except for the 12 disciples. And they just stuck around because they're like, I still don't understand him, but he has the words of life. Because there are times in our lives where God leads us on a path that other people are not going to understand. And that's okay. Because man's opinion has a worth, but it's a much lower worth than what's happening in your own heart. Exactly. You got It's worth a dollar three eighty. Exactly. So th these are these are the kind of things that we, as we're growing and maturing in God, we get to the point where now it's not that we don't care about what people think. Okay, we do. We want. We want. We honor people. We love them. We're not just going to do stuff to tick people off, right? That's, that's dumb. But when God is speaking to your heart to do a thing, do it with your whole heart. Don't hold back. Just go for it. 
That's what God's saying to us. Just go for it. I've given you my energy, he says. I've given you my ability. It's in you. Go for it. Don't hold back. Don't let people's opinions make you do this or that. Jesus didn't go into a council of people. Who did he talk to? The Father. He said, the Father says, do it. I'm doing it. Nobody's going to understand it. I know it. And he even said, you're not going to understand it. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you the path to go on because my energy is there. Don't you want to be where God's energy is? Well, it's in his purposes, in our heart, in our intention. As we intend towards him, he intends towards us. He's meeting us. You take a step, he takes a step. You take, actually, you take a step and he takes 10 steps. That's kind of how it works. But anyway, it's because he loves us. He's like, oh, they're going for it. I'm going to gobble them up. Because he loves us and he just can't wait. There's so much he's going to show us, you guys. Everyone, everybody, listen. You think you've seen it. You haven't seen anything yet. I'm telling you, none of us have. We have not seen what is about to happen. It is, the Bible says that in the last days, in other words, in the, in the time of, of um, reaping or maturity or judgment or whatever you want to call it, that people will be in shock. They will be in shock and awe at the goodness of God. What God has for all of us is so good. It is so beyond anything that we could ever imagine that we're going to stand there like just dumbfounded. Our mouth open, flies, uh, (laughs) you know, because of the goodness of God. It's the exact opposite of the world system. So when the world system says destruction, death, this, the, you know, everything is falling apart. Yeah, their system is. It's completely falling apart. But the kingdom of heaven. Now, where, who's the kingdom of heaven given to? Yes. But who are the ones that access it first? Children. <laughs> Children do. Those that have a humble, low heart. It comes to the low, the meek. Yep, it's humility. It's going low. And that's where it comes. And I see it all the time. I say, I have conversations with different people and I'm like, wow, some of the stuff God is sharing with little kids blows my mind. I'm like, I don't even know if these kids even understand the degree of what God is sharing with them, that this is on a whole nother level. And this happens all the time, you guys, all the time. We're like, I got to get online and hear what the prophet's saying on Facebook. And I'd be like, uh, guess what? The little kids know what's going on. <laughs> it's amazing. And again, it's seeing it from the spiritual side. Like obviously, there's a natural immaturity, but there's a spiritual maturity there. And it's because it comes this way. So this is happening right now. So we have the living word of God. It's full of energy. And there's another thing that Jesus does that's really amazing. It pierces. And this is what I was going to tell you guys about. It pierces and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And actually, I think in the Aramaic, it says, I'll show you real quick. This Hebrews 4.12. I'll show you this one in Aramaic. Eh, Stop. Fighting me. Okay, Hebrews 4.12 in the Aramaic says this, which is kind of interesting too. <clears throat> it says, um, 
is is sharp and better than a hunting knife of two mouths. <laughs> That's the literal translation. So like instead of a two-edged sword, it's actually a hunting knife, a two-edged hunting knife. Um, and look what it says. What is it? What is it piercing? To penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. And I want to show you this again in Aramaic. So back into Aramaic, it says, hunting knife of two mouths. It enters into unto the separation of the soul and of the spirit wind. So you are a soul and you are a spirit. Okay, you're both. What's our soul? Mind, will, and emotions. This is our physicality. When we were physically here, this tells me I'm sitting in a chair. What tells you that? My soul. How do I know? Because my soul knows that this is a chair. I know where I am. I'm, I'm situated here. But guess where else I am? I'm in heaven with Jesus because you're also there. But my soul doesn't see that. And I tell my soul that I'm in heaven. My soul will be like, I don't look like you're in heaven. <laughs> I tell my soul that Christ is in me. and be like, I don't see him. Where'd he go? Looks, I just see your shirt here. Do I have to go get a scan and an x-ray? That's my soul. Very physical, very logical or emotional, depending on what you like. Some people like emotions better than logic. <laughs> but again, that's just your soul. But the word, who is Christ himself, divides between what is of the soul and what is of the spirit. So this is an exercise that you can do. You can go into these scriptures because your soul impersonates your spirit all the time. It is super religious. Your soul is massively religious. It can do, it memorizes all the scripture. It can say everything right. It is the biggest faker that there is. Your soul is a pro. Get into church, you're like, I got this together. You're good because your soul is pretending. <laughs> but your spirit, on the other hand, is alive to God. It's sitting in, a, in the seat of rest and it's moving around and doing things with Jesus in the love of God, the peace and the joy that is in heaven. Okay, so what the word of God does is it separates the soul and the spirit. And by our heart intention, we can receive the word of God as a divider to divide these two. Now, you're not separating them. They're not going here and here, but you're able to buy Christ in you, which is the power, the energy of God, separate the soul and the spirit. And so what we do a lot of times is we'll do a prayer and I'll do that here in just a second, where we divide the soul and the spirit. Sometimes when you're listening to something spiritual, it's hard on the soul to digest it all, okay? And so what you can do is before you engage in something spiritual is do this division. And I usually do that at the beginning of any message that I teach. I'm like, let's divide first and then we'll go into it because the soul is trying to, manage what's being heard and bring it into some type of, and it won't, it isn't working. It's hard to do. So you have to divide. And so, and so what happens sometimes is instead of dividing, a lot of teachers just don't teach anything spiritual. <laughs> they just teach natural stuff, you know, how to, you know, be a good person and how to take care of stuff and, you know, how to deal with conflict and just a lot of, you know, psychological things that are, they have a worth. Yeah, I mean, there's something to them. I mean, it's not terrible. I wouldn't say like how to do conflict resolution. Okay, that's good. That's a good thing to learn. Sure, conflict resolution is good. Um, and you can have teaching like that. It's kind of like change, how to change your oil on your car. I'm not going to say that's bad. That's a bad teaching. It's not a spiritual teaching. It's just a natural teaching. And your soul needs to know those things, and that's fine.
But there's also a spiritual teaching, which is what I call a, a higher. So higher has to do with position. Not better necessarily, everything has its own worth, but a spiritual teaching has a higher place because it's coming from the heavenly realm. So it's important to understand how to divide between the soul and the spirit. And that is a, a, um, an exercise more than it is a mental exercise. It's a spiritual exercise. If I close my eyes and bow my head like that, I'm doing something physical, but I'm also doing something spiritual, aren't I? I'm positioning myself to what? To speak to the Lord. How did I do it? I took my eyes, hands, and did that. Right? And that's, or I do this, <laughs> or this. You know, I, I'm doing something physically that's telling my soul and my body what I'm doing spiritually. You know, like right now, everybody lifts their hands in the worship service. I, I you know, I, I was talking to somebody about that the other day, like lifting your hands in worship services was not like um, common in mainstream churches until like the mid-90s or so when more of the, you know, we call it charismatic hill songs and all that started really taking off. And now all the churches, they lift their hands, you know, Baptist churches, people, it's kind of a thing now, you know, to lift your hands. But, but, it, but it's a sign of worship to the Lord because it's showing you're surrendering to God. But it's, it's just one of many. I mean, some people have flags they wave and, you know, at Easter they may have palm fronds. They have different things it's just because it's an expression of love. But you're also positioning yourself because what am I doing? Am I waving a flag on earth? No, I'm waving a flag in heaven. Am I lifting my hands on earth? No, I'm lifting my hands in heaven. When I'm praying, where am I? I'm coming before the throne of grace. That's a real place. It's in heaven. I don't see it with these eyes, but I see it with the eyes of my heart. In my spirit, I can see where I am. And so can you. We all can. It's easy. But if we are soul-dominated and we are only going to live in a soul world where I can't see it physically, I don't believe it, we're not going to be able to access that heavenly or have a consciousness of accessing the heavenly realm. Because many times you're doing it anyway, you just don't realize it. You're praying, and what are you doing? You're positioning your heart. That's what it is. Okay? Any questions? No questions. Everyone's quiet. Okay. Um. So this is an exercise, and I just wanted to share that with you guys today. So if you ever, like, if you're about to listen to a teaching or whatever, just be quiet, and then you can do this exercise. You say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to right now, by, by my intention of my heart, allow the Word, who is Jesus, to divide my soul and my spirit. Okay, so think of it like a wedge. So that way my soul does not try to wrap itself around and pretend something. I'm just going to, by my heart's intention, go in. So it's a process. Again, this teaching may be different for you at the beginning. If you think about it a little bit, you'll see, you know, and it's kind of hard to kind of get into all of my teaching just out of the blue, but this is one of them, I think, that you could probably attach onto. So you just, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll do this now as a practice, okay? And, um, and then we'll pray. And then one of the things we can do is um, we can go into the garden of our heart, because you know your heart is a garden. It's also a mansion. It's a garden. It's mansions. And you go into the garden of our heart. So what we'll do first is divide, and then we'll go in. So we'll just let's just do that like as a, there won't be any music, so you have to be okay. <laughs> we'll just be real quiet. So let's bow our heads. And just say after me, just say, soul, you're a great servant but a terrible master. Come into subjection to me 
the Spirit. I use the Word of God who is Yeshua to divide my soul and my spirit right now. In Jesus' name. So now just have your soul be quiet. And then what you can do is start with seeing a garden. Any kind of garden. And walking through that garden as the garden of your heart. And just look around for a little bit. And God gives you your imagination. Just look around and what you see. So you may see plants, you may see, you could see Jesus. Um, again, there's no, this is your heart, your garden. And Jesus is the gardener. You come into that place of rest in him, no striving, effortless. Effortless grace of God is in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Whoa. <clears throat> and also feel free to access that energy um, <laughs> that's in you. I can just really sense God's power. That power is in you. It's in you. It's the power of Jesus in you. Hallelujah. Ooh. Hallelujah. Yes. Allow, uh, just say, God, let me see that power in me. Sense that power in me. That energy of God in me. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is done. It is finished. I hear the Lord say, it is finished. It is done. Walk it. Live it. Be thankful for it. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's good. All right, Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.